0: Welcome to the Close Knit Podcast, a podcast that showcases fiber artists from around the world. You're listening to episode 17, and this week I spoke to Emily McKetty of your daily dose of fiber. Emily is an alpaca lover who discovered spinning at a young age. She's since delved deeper into the field of spinning and is working toward building her dream business, creating locally grown and spun yarns. We talk about her trip to Peru as a nine-year-old and how that started her down this path and how she has grown from there. Emily is passionate about soft and luxurious fibers as she has sensitive skin, and she plans to keep her fiber sourcing local and her yarns American-made. The show notes for this episode are available on my website, closeknit.com.au slash podcast. Listen on for our whole chat. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, it's Ani of Close Knit, and I'm here with Emily McKetty of Your Daily Dose of Fiber hey hey (laughs) (laughs) sorry i was a little slow on the uptake there i was just like thinking in my mind oh did i just pronounce her last name right (laughs) yeah (laughs) um so i'm here in tasmania and you're in the pacific northwest right yeah the oregon coast nice beautiful yeah yeah it is cool so i'll just jump straight into everything um Okay. Can you tell me what your fiber of choice is and what sort of craft medium you gravitate towards the most? Well, um, alpaca
1: has always been my favorite. Um, I went down to Peru, and um, I just kind of fell in love with their cuteness. And then um, I, um, I just, after getting it more into fiber later, I really also found that I loved the fiber, and they're um i um have always had really um sensitive skin my whole life and so finding a natural fiber that was so soft was just kind of mind blowing to me and um i just i just fell in love with it immediately and i cuz i would experience you know wool and stuff and uh and alpaca is just so nice and soft and you don't have to deal with all that the lanolin and stuff and then they they're the animals themselves are just so adorable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I love that. And I really love spinning with it too. Um, it's. Uh, I've heard a lot of people say that alpaca is really hard to spin with at first. Yeah. And like you should start with wool. Mm-hmm. But uh, I never found that. It was like the very first thing I ever spun. And so, huh. um, yeah. And then, then I switched over to wool later. Like I'm just starting to get to... No wool and the different breeds and everything. Yeah. Uh, my favorite, my favorite thing. I have like this, this lifelong mission, <laughs> is um to find like the truest black mm. alpaca, cause they they have some like really wonderful black colors. Yes. And uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. funny. I was actually just talking to a friend and just talking to a a person who runs an alpaca mill about how people are always going on about like oh natural black alpaca like wow black fiber because black is such a difficult color to dye and to actually get a true rich black but then yeah alpacas fiber just grow that way
1: so black Mm. yeah that that is what i love about it because just naturally it's not because like a lot of black is really brown yeah but with alpaca you can get like a really black black
0: yeah it's so so beautiful um, yeah. would you say that sort of spinning is your main, your main sort of craft of choice?
1: Yeah, I really, I don't, it was kind of funny cause it, um, I started with knitting and then I, I was taught to knit by an alpaca farmer actually. And, um, and then I kind of went off and on it for ever. And then I just, I picked it up again, and then I'm um, kind of jumping ahead into my <laughs> story, <laughs> That's but
0: right. I'll tell
1: more of that later. Yeah, yeah. Um, I picked it up again, and then I realized, oh, yeah, I had bought a drop spindle, like, way back in the day. Yeah. Um, and th- so I had my mom send it to me, and, uh, and then I just started spinning on the drop spindle. And um, it was f- c- kind of funny because I didn't really even know what it was. I feel like when I started spinning, Mm. I was just like, oh, you can do this. And I have had some fiber, front Angora goat fiber that I had from the farm. And like, so I was like, I guess this is a thing. Like, (laughs) (laughs) but it was like the coolest thing ever. I was like, this is so awesome. I can take this fluff and turn it into string and, um, and it just went like massively downhill from there. Like I stopped knitting and then I spun all the time on the drop spindle and then, and then I, um, was gifted a wheel and then I practiced on that all the time. And then I eventually bought, like just dropped a bunch of money on my
0: brand new wheel. Mm, so. We'll have to talk about that a little bit later. Yes, there's, I'm, there's yeah, <laughs> much more to exciting, that story too. Because <laughs> I saw the picture that you took of it and I was like, hmm. That looks like a good wheel. <laughs> it's so beautiful. Do you remember where you picked forever. up that drop spindle? Like, do, do you have a memory of that?
1: Uh, I think it was, like, an Amazon thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, I was really young. And like like, when I was really young and bought it, I didn't even really know what spinning was. I was still really focused on knitting, mm. kind of. You know, I was young, like, uh, like, I barely even remember this part of my life. But, um... So yeah, I think uh, probably like Googling or YouTubing or something, I came across spinning, and I was like, oh, I guess I could try that. Yeah. And what's funny, I never even really thought about wheels. I just thought thought about the drop spindle because mm. I think everyone was like, maybe at that time, oh, just start with the drop spindle, you know, because that's like the beginner, yeah, the beginner spot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, quote unquote.
0: But uh, yeah, yeah. So
1: so I yeah I think I just bu- I bought like a kit. Mm. It came with like fiber. And I remember I remember spinning it and I'm being like, this is really hard and I like I didn't even really get like the drafting or anything. So I just kind of would hook it into the wool and then spin it a little bit. (laughs) And then I was like and then I just kinda gave up and it sat (laughs) forever. Yeah. Yeah. Until I actually understood the process.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And do you, when you were learning how to spin on a drop spindle, did you just sort of Google that? Like, how did you start to teach yourself?
1: Well, about a year ago when I actually was, like, older, understood what I was doing, and wanted to learn. Yeah, I'm, I'm completely self-taught. Um, actually, one of the, another thing I love about um, spinning is uh, I've always felt very um, mediocre. I like everything in my life. But, um, spinning, it's like the one thing that I'm like good at, (laughs) like it just comes naturally. And so, um, I use some book, that book that came with my drop spindle and I use a lot of YouTube Mm -hmm. and then, you know, some Googling, but, um, and then once I used a little bit of YouTube, it was just pretty natural. And then I just got, I refined it more myself. Yeah. Just from lots of practice and spinning.
0: Yeah. Cool. Well, I feel like yeah. that whole story was leading up to you telling us about your journey into the whole thing, like giving us, you know, <laughs> okay. that was like the, the teaser, the trailer for it. Yeah. <laughs> and then now this is going to be the full length film. <laughs>
1: okay. Yeah. yeah. So this is a long story. Yeah. Um, Because it's like my whole life until now. Yeah. But, um, okay. So when I was really young, like about... I want to say, like, nine. I guess it's not really young. Nine or ten. Mm -hmm. Um, My mom decided that we should all go on a mission trip together, me and her and my brother. And my parents had just uh, recently got divorced. And uh, (coughs) so I think she thought it would be a, you know, good thing for us to do as a family. (laughs) So um, we went to Peru. And I wish that I could go back now and retake this trip. Like... (laughs) like, myself, like, Mm. (laughs) because I know I was just surrounded by fiber and textiles the whole time, and I was just, like, so blind to it, Mm. um, but, anyway, so, yeah, we went on this mission trip to Peru, and it was down in, um, this little town called Puno, up in, uh, the Andes Mountains, Mm. it's, like, the most beautiful part of Peru, and, um, it's, we also went on to the Floating Reed Islands, Mm out on Lake Titicaca oh, yeah. and um, we yeah so there's tons of textiles there too. <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyway we were down there doing medical missions my mom used to work for an eye doctor and she was going to help an eye doctor who didn't end up coming so she ended up being the eye doctor and I was just helping her with um, sorting glasses and all that stuff I mean I was little but and we were building a church and all that kind of stuff And so, while I was down there, and, like, at the time, I didn't even realize this was happening to me. It's kind of something I look back now, and I'm like, oh, that's where it started, Mm -hmm, you know? mm -hmm. Um, And so, I mean, there's alpacas and llamas everywhere, and um, these rugs that they make out of um, the alpaca skins, and they're really soft. And all the just, like, knitted textiles. I actually have this beautiful um, poncho that I just... I took the fringe off because it's like super bright and colorful, and i I couldn't quite get fit it into my wardrobe, mm. but it it was hand knit. I'm pretty sure hand knit and hand spun by a lady down there wow. and I bought and probably hand dyed for sure. I don't know if it's naturalized or not, but um yeah, so so it's just all around down there. and so, but, you know, I was young, so I didn't care about the textile so much, so I was um, really fell in love with the adorable alpacas. <laughs> Of course, because yeah. they're so cute, yeah. and um, so that I fell in love with alpacas. And then we came back, and um, I got—I was a couple years later, and I was in Texas, and I decided that I needed a job <laughs> for some reason, <laughs> um, and so I was like, I should go and work on an alpaca farm, and so I i did i like searched them on google and i was like hey mom i want to go work and i want to work on an alpaca farm and like there's this this cute little farm out here it was like such a long drive like i have to thank my mother immensely for doing this for me (laughs) like it was like a triangle like we lived in dallas and we drove 45 minutes to school and then it was like an hour in the opposite direction and (laughs) then we would drive back home and she was going back to college and she would like take me there in the evening and like sit in the car and do her homework (laughs) but um so yeah I worked on a self-hack farm that was called um yellow rose fiber farm Mm -hmm. in Texas and it was run by these uh awesome um older couple that um they were Christians and they used to be Wycliffe Bible translators and they were just really cool and um So, while working on the alpaca farm, that was lots of fun. Got to shovel lots of poop (laughs) and all that. But um, uh, the the lady who owned it, she taught me to knit with some of her. So, I did get a better start to knitting than most people. I didn't start with acrylic yarn. And, and, uh, but I, she started me on DPNs, which I now realize was like a little bit. uh, I mean, I was just using two of them, but I was like. Yeah, that was a struggle because there's no stopper on that. (laughs) But um, so she taught me how to knit with some of her Angora goat yarn. Mm. And she also taught me a little bit of needle felting. And so I really got into needle felting. I thought that was cool. And that's probably indicative of why I like spinning so much because I got to use the, I got to play with the fiber Mm. more than the yarn. Because I knit a little, actually, um, I started this scarf. Obviously, everyone starts with a scarf. And, uh, <laughs> it was, like, I, I knitted, like, two inches of it, if Angora Goat, and I just, like, this last year, I finished the rest of the Angora Goat I had, and then I knit up a bunch of alpaca, and I, like, just finished that skirt <laughs> <laughs> that I oh, had started, cool. like, so many years ago. Yeah. Um, but it, it, I ended up being able to knit all of her alpaca and Angora Goat yarn, which was really cool to me. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: So, um... Yeah, so she taught me how to knit. I realize I'm taking forever. No, no, this (laughs) is absolutely perfect.
0: This is what I love. I love getting into the good
1: stuff. So, yeah, she taught me how to knit and needle felts a little bit. And I I like needle felting. And I bought another one of those kits online, too. And um, then let me see what happened next. I think that's when I kind of stopped and like I just knit off and on every now and then I do like two rows. I remember like having to go to my mom's like old like I don't they're probably from the 60s like my grandma must have had them they're like how to knit books like the little paper ones yeah. and she had like a crochet one I remember like going to that and like reteaching myself because i had forgotten mm. how to knit mm. and so I could knit like three more rows and then stop um and I did that all the way through um college. I've only gone to 1 year of college, but um then then I quit college and I moved to Oregon to marry my husband. And right after we got married, um, I was having a hard time finding a job right away. And so I just had like a lot of downtime. And somebody on Facebook, I came across a picture and they wrote, she was saying how she knit this cowl just a simple cowl and I was like, Oh yeah, like I I know how to knit. Like I remembered that. And so and I was bored and so I was like, Can I go to Joanne's and buy some needles and yarn? I wanna start knitting again. And um and so then like it all came like flooding back. Like I had kinda just dropped it and as soon as I started knitting it just, like, all came back, and then I was, like, looking at Angora rabbits, and I was, like, so, like, I, yeah, I was, like, trying to find fiber stuff in this town way out in the middle of or- nowhere, Oregon, and there there was, like, I was, like, I'm finally getting back into this, and there was, like, no fiber community there at all. <laughs> uh, no farms, no nothing. So, um, so I did, like, what I could with my acrylic Joanne's store yarn, and, uh, I still Knit a bunch of scarves and stuff, and then I started getting more because I'd really only learned like the knit stitch in knitting, and so I started like learning more about knitting and different stitches and got like all into that. And then, and then I remembered about all my fiber stuff that I had left back in Ohio with my mom, and she was coming out that Christmas, so I was like, Hey, mom, can you bring me like all of my fibers? Because I was like, Really into it again, I was like, all my fiber stuff and my my needle felting and like do you remember that drop spindle i know it's in there somewhere like can you bring that to me too <laughs> and so like uh she came got here and like as soon as i got that stuff <laughs> i was like i was like okay a drop spindle like i can spin yarn like that would be so cool and um Because I had been, at that point, I'd like watched a bazillion YouTube videos of people spinning on their wheels, and I was like, oh, this is like the coolest thing ever, like I gotta do this. (laughs) So, um, so yeah, I had some Angora goat roving, that was like, she had dyed like orange and green that, um, the lady who owned the alpaca farm, it was just like my leftover stash hoard, and so I spun this itty bitty skein of like single ply angora goat yarn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was like, I had to like stretch it out when it was drying. Cause I was like, it's like, like, I didn't understand plying yet. <laughs> like I it wasn't quite there. So it was like, all, I was like, it's all curling up on itself. Like what do I do with this? <laughs> so yeah. And so yeah, it's been just kind of downhill from there. I, and it happened really <laughs> fast, too. I thought I'd have to wait forever to get a wheel. but um, So I practiced on my um, drop spindle. After that, um, we found some, like, wool baths in an antique store. And they were, like, it was, like, really bad wool. It's, like, super scratchy. I might still have it somewhere. But um, I, I did two pretty good-sized skeins out of that. And then I actually learned plying with that, which was really cool. And, um, yeah, I, um, mm-hmm. like I said before, I kind of just picked it up immediately and it was really natural to me and really fun. And so, uh, it was kind of, kind of went downhill. I had someone was really thoughtful. Uh, one of our friends that lives down in our old hometown, she saw someone, I don't even know, like someone was selling it or like it was in a garage sale or like in a trash they were, like, getting rid of it. And uh, it was a spinning wheel. And she's like, oh, I know. Emily would love that. And uh, it was the coolest thing. I um, Oh, yeah, that's a good story. <laughs> but um, it was, like, I was, like, excited. Oh, my gosh. She's like, I have this wheel for you. And I was like, how much? <laughs> and she's like, you can just have it. And I was, like, mind blown. I was like, no way. I'm just getting a wheel for free. Like, this is crazy. Um, so, yeah, I, like, I remember I was like super excited. I was like, Vinny, when can we go down there and get the wheel? Vinny, when can we go down there and get the wheel? And um so I got it. And it was like this, um it was obviously handmade by someone and it was really like it was set up really weird. Um, like the tension was like not right. Like I got it to work. Um, but, and then like the way it was kind of like an Ashford traditional where the mother of all like tilts back and forth to tighten the drive band. And then, but then it was like scotch tension, but it was like wrapped around the bobbin and then it was like hooked down Mm -hmm. and it was like, it was really weird, but I adjusted it a little bit, but I just have this, like, I just had this story that I gave it. Like, I'm sure... I felt like like some like little old man must have like made it in his wood shop for his wife who loved to spin. That was my story I gave it because it was like it was so precious. It was definitely handmade. And I have mm. no idea what like what the actual story behind it was. But um <clears throat> when I just recently bought my my uh I would I wanted to say real wheel but my name brand wheel <laughs> <laughs> um I ended up Giving that one to, um, a little girl in the, actually my brother, or not my brother, my husband's best friend, little sister, she's mm. like getting into fiber too. And she has Angora rabbits and she had all this wool. She was like hand carting. And so I just thought like, I should just give this wheel. Cause like it was given to me. It mm. was taking up space. And so I just gave it to her so she could, you know, enjoy the love of fiber. You got to pass it on and like, yeah. <laughs> You know, so, yeah, so I gave that wheel away, and it was, it was hard for me, and it was, it was, like, my teacher wheel, like, it mm. taught me really well, so, um, then I got my race horse that's in there, and, uh, it's the best, it's, like, I, because it's double treadle, which I was mm. really excited about, and so, um, I, the first time I spun on it, I was, like, oh, my gosh, I, like, spun, spun a whole skein in, like, an hour, I was, like, woo! <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so that's kind of where I am. And I was spinning and spinning and spinning. And I was like, I love this so much. I would love to spend every day doing it. So that is my goal. I don't know if it'll ever come to that. Um, but I, I'm planning to try. So I really want to start selling my yarn. And I've spent a lot of time over the past uh, couple months like trying to find fiber sources and developing the kind of yarn that I want to sell Mm -hmm. and uh I don't know if I should be talking about this now or should I save it for later okay (laughs) (laughs) um no but um I also decided um since alpaca is um like where I started um I've always had this like this really love for luxury fibers like I like the weirder the better like I haven't spun it yet because I just haven't been able to get my hands on it but I really want to spin like yak and camel and bison because it's just mm. so soft and like so precious and um obviously can it too someday but that's like a hundred dollars <laughs> an ounce
0: when you've got a spare twenty five thousand dollars <laughs> yes exactly, <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> actually my dream This will probably never come to fruition. My dream is to... um, Because they're working on domesticating them. Mm. And my dream is to own some of them. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Someday. (laughs) I'll probably settle for yaks. But, um, yeah, (laughs) yeah, that would be really cool. So, anyway, I love the really exotic and really soft fibers. Like I said, I have really bad eczema. Mm. Like, all over my body, like, really bad. Um, And so... It's, I'm really passionate about the extra soft stuff. And um it, uh, agora rabbit is another one I love. Hmm. That's a little side story. I had a friend who um, got some angoras, and um, I didn't really know what they were. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I, I do all this fiber stuff. It was kind of in the in-between where I had just learned it, but I wasn't really doing anything with it. But I was like, oh, yeah, like, you know. And, um, she ended up not keeping them and she had one that I ended up rehoming and we had to shear her. And so I, I ended up keeping her fluff and I spun just, I spun a skein of it, which was really cool. Mm. Um, and, um, cause I, we cut, we kind of rescued her. So I was like, oh, this is Sophie yarn, you know, it was special. And mm-hmm. um, so that I kind of have a connection to Angora rabbits too. So that was my, my second thing from alpacas.
0: So, what I'm really interested in is kind of how you go about then sourcing those fibers the alpaca, the merino, the angora. Like, how has that process been for you? Um, really interesting. Uh,
1: I, of course, I wanted to work with uh, local farmers, um, and I have been able to with the alpaca and also it was tricky cuz right as i was trying to figure out if i like right as i was trying to figure out sourcing the fiber i also was like oh you could be possibly moving to the northeast so um i actually hmm. so it's kind of everywhere right now um alpaca <laughs> i found two lovely farms right in the valley oregon valley uh around, near Eugene and i just went to their shearings and um they're awesome, the, um, I posted this on Instagram, but the, the one farm, it's, like, on this hill, and it has, like, this 100-year-old red barn, and it's, like, my dream, like, house <laughs> and farm, and it's, like, it's gorgeous, and, of course, the alpacas are, too, um, so, yeah, I got my alpaca from that those ladies, and, um, my merino, I was, merino is not really a thing in the Pacific Northwest because it's too wet, I guess. And so I had to branch out. And so I was like, oh, well, I might be moving to the Northeast. So I started looking over there and like messaging a million people. And, um, I found a little farm with like 34 merinos. And, um, also like uh, merino is so interesting to me because, um, I got in contact with this lady and, um, she's like, okay, well, I'll send you samples and everything. And I was like, cool, great. So I wanted to, I wanted to spin a prototype of each of my yarns. So I was like, oh, I'll go get some Merino yarn from the little yarn shop down, you know, down a town or so. And, um, I, so I went, I got it. It's, it was beautiful, black and white. I have pictures of that one too. And it's silky smooth when I'm spinning it. And, and then like the next day, like I just finished the skein of Merino yarn and the next day I get her samples and they're like straight off the sheep milled scent. Um, and it's like spongy and like, and I've seen Merino locks. I have fleeces. And so the spongy, like I love the texture of, um, but I was like, what is this? Like, do I have the same sheep here? Like Or is, like, is this, like, superwash, or is this in, like, is this not merino? Like, I was, like, I don't think the farmer's lying to me, -hmm. like, so it was, like, it was so weird, so I, like, posted to one of my Facebook groups, and was, like, like, what is going on? Like, is this the same sheep? And they were, like, yeah, I mean, one could be superwash, but I guess there's also this process in milling sometimes, where they, like, iron. Someone said it could be they like, iron, the, um, merino to, like, get rid of all the crimp and, like, make it super smooth, like, those really smooth dyed rovings, and, um, I, anyway, that whole experience was really interesting, and after it, I realized, like, I really love that pure merino, it's just straight off the sheep and carded some, it has this, like, beautiful, like, squish, like, I don't know why you, you would ever want to get mm. rid of that, <laughs> And um, so I'm super excited. I'm going to buy, as soon as June comes around, I'm gonna buy a, a whole eight ounces from her so I can spin a skein of just that, um, like really, so I can actually like feel what it's gonna feel like. Um, so that was really mm-hmm. interesting. And so that's a little farm and I cannot remember, it's either in Vermont or New Hampshire. <laughs> I get them mixed up, I don't live <laughs> there yet. Um, and so that is that there. Angora is very tricky to source, because it's such a small animal, and you want it to be humanely sourced, and all of that, and I mean, it's not something I could, like, raise on my own, because there are a lot of work, and like, all of that, it's also really, really expensive, but, um, Mm -hmm. I found this, um, I think it's like a co-op in... Michigan that does um they source it from all it's a it's a way for the all the little the local people with angoras to um sell their fiber and so the co-op collects it from all these local farmers and they grade it and batch it and it's a German angora I think and um they um yeah, so then they sell it to me in like five pound batches, which is really cool. I, I have not been able to purchase any because <laughs> it's very expensive, but I really love it's it's the it's it's as close size I could do to like really, it's like you know and my goal is definitely all in America for sure. Um, and I liked that it was still from the local farmers. Who are clipping their bunnies and raising them good and then it's just sent off to these people instead of like you know you know people harvesting meanly from thousands of bunnies to get me five pounds of angora so yeah, yeah so I really like that um I don't have a future source for my if we end up moving I don't have a source yet for my alpaca but I've been looking out there um yeah Mm. so that's pretty much the sourcing so far
0: yeah cool no it's cool it sounds like from what I've when I speak to people about this sort of stuff it's a bit like it's just talking to heaps and heaps of people and sending emails and just making as many connections as you can and seeing what sticks
1: yeah I just went to like all of the the association website like you know northeastern or new hampshire sheep association and like emailed all of the members i did the same with alpaca and i've gotten a couple responses but yeah. um yeah so that's pretty much it you just gotta reach out and i'm still like always i always have my ears open for like yak or camel or bison <laughs> something like i really wanted to get my hands on some of that too but we'll see that'll probably be like a small like little side thing like I'll have like one or two skeins come available every now and then
0: (laughs) yeah well that's that makes it special because they're such luxury fibers yeah that's cool um I like asking people about their motivation and kind of how that changes over time and how that looks when you're doing it as a hobby and then maybe when you're thinking about monetizing it how that kind of looks at that point and maybe how that changes over time. Can you tell me about your motivation? Like, I know you've just loved spinning and it's felt so like therapeutic for you, but can you tell me more about that?
1: Yeah. Hmm. It's it's a complicated question, (laughs) but, um, I, I love the whole fiber community and world and, I don't know. It feel like it's a community based around like warm and fuzzy things and it's warm and fuzzy.
0: <laughs> like... <laughs> Literal warm and fuzzy, but it's also warm and yes. fuzzy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. I really love um, the fi- The thing that like keeps me motivated is going to like fiber festivals and um, like I, w- I went to an during a couple of weeks ago and just like, I don't know what it is, but like going to those places and like seeing the farmers and the animals and like all the crafts and everything. It just gets me like super fired up and like, mm. oh, I want to go and keep doing this. I, I wouldn't say I have like a big philosophical like, oh, this is like why I'm passionate. Like, I don't know. But yeah, it's just like I I've loved it and I feel like I've always loved it. And um, I love I love going to farms and just connecting with people and I love that like well like me and you talking right now like you're in Australia and like the only reason we're talking is because we both love fiber and I (laughs) like you can find like this random stranger and they're like oh my gosh like you knit like yeah and like oh yeah yeah and like you can have like this whole like you've been friends forever conversation just about this Mm -hmm. one thing Mm -hmm. so yeah that's really cool to me
0: yeah totally lovely Um, what's sort of the biggest bit of advice that you have for someone who's just starting out with fiber maybe they just got their first wheel or they just learned to knit what would you say to them um I would
1: say practice and also just like keep doing it I know these are very vague advices, <laughs> but I don't know if you like, if you really love it, I feel you always come back to it, Yeah, you know, cause that's what I did. I, it was very on and off and then I've, that's what, how most people are. I feel like, hmm. um, but yeah, like try and knit a whole thing instead of a two inches of a thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, I just yeah. think it's
0: so special that you have your first project that actually became something that you have. Like, I, I know what my first project was, but I yeah, I don't know. For the life of me, I have no idea where it was, where it is. Yeah,
1: I think a lot of people, yeah. it's, like, something that was so horrible. Like, they don't yeah. – I mean, mine's not gorgeous by any means, but it helped that I, like, started part of, like, you know, a quarter of it, and then I finished the rest, like, with my good knitting stuff. Yeah. So it's not horrible. I can hide the horrible bits by folding it over a like- yeah. yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, and I think I'll always keep it because it's so special. It's made out of something really special mm. to me. The fiber and the, um, like, it was yarn spun from the farm that got me into fiber Yeah, arts. that's really sweet. So. Very good story.
0: <laughs> um, This is another question I love asking people um which is who we need to be following in the fiber arts world. And if you've got a list handy, that's act- that's perfect. That's so fine. <laughs> you can literally read it. Okay.
1: Yeah, I do. Um oh yeah. Yeah, I have a list.
0: <laughs> no, that's absolutely perfect. This is my favorite cuz then I get, you know have 10 more people to go follow and find out about and
1: Yeah, you actually might be following all these people because like I try and, like, it just takes so much time for me to, like, find new mm. people on Instagram. It's very mm. exciting when I do, like, ones I haven't seen yet. But, these, and I, there's a lot of people with tons of followers that I'm sure everyone who's listening mm. follows already. So, I decided to, like, pick a few of the ones that I really love right now that um, aren't quite as huge. Yeah, cool. But I have to say, um, Amy of Aurelian spun woven oh, yeah like she has been awesome because I messaged her like at the very beginning of all this thinking about maybe like starting to spin my yarn and sell it and she was all yeah I'm just kind of starting to but like we can talk and you can ask me questions along the way and mm. like so she's been great and we've been talking and emailing and she's spins gorgeous things and I'm sure tons of people follow her already mm. um i Everything she does is just so inspiring to me, yeah, but um some of my other people um for some reason, I like to follow weavers, which is weird because I don't weave. I'm not sure I'll ever like weave to the extent that most of these people do, <laughs> but um I find a lot of I love that the other thing I really love I didn't even mention this that about like fiber arts is taking basically nothing and turning it into something super gorgeous and so Mm -hmm. i really love the people who are like taking the fiber even from roving form and like spinning it and then like weaving like gorgeous things with it like actual you know i mean because i can spin yarn but someone else has to make something out of (laughs) it um so um the stranded sheep i just kind of recently started following her and she um she she does that, spins, and sh- I think she already weaves, or she's just starting to weave. I'm not sure. Cool. And then um, Abby Goodknits, mm-hmm. she's doing basically what I want to do. She's a little bit ahead of me, um, but she hand spins really beautiful yarn. I also follow a lot of spinners, but mm-hmm. so I'm not, like, <laughs> like, I don't have lots of knitters, that I'm like, oh, yeah, go follow all these knitters. I... For some reason, I follow people that are doing the same thing I'm doing, but yeah. Um, and then Cavs forty six. Oh yes, I don't. Yes, yes, Lauren, and she she has the cutest dogs ever, (laughs) And, and and she's doing the same kind of thing as Amy too, spinning to weaving. So it's all really beautiful.
0: Yeah, her stuff, gosh, it's every time I've looked at it, she's always got beautiful natural dyes and beautifully spun things. And I'm like, you make me want to do all of the spinning. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I know the
0: natural. I don't have the
1: time. I wish I, I had know. the time.
0: I know. This is, this is the other thing that's problematic with doing a podcast is every time I talk to a new person, I'm like, oh, yeah, spinning or like, oh, yeah, felting. Like, ooh, I <laughs> there's so many I know.
1: I'm, I'm really scared. I'm like just on the verge of, weave, of weave, wanting to
0: weave. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you, Emily, for sharing your story with us. That was super interesting. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Cheers. You've just listened to episode 17 of the Close Knit Podcast. If you're enjoying the podcast, please consider reviewing and rating it on iTunes to help us spread the word to more folks in the fiber community. Also, the Close Knit podcast is now looking for sponsorship and I'm really keen to talk to people who are small businesses or larger businesses in the fiber arts community who want to reach more people in the fiber arts world. You can reach me at hello at closenit.com.au or on Instagram just by a direct message or a comment, whatever suits you. Again, an email to me at hello at closenit.com.au is a great place to reach me. Thanks again for tuning in.